Today, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. God puts in almost everything. You put in almost nothing. But God doesn't put in almost everything. If you don't put in, you're almost nothing. When I heard this phrase, I liked it a lot. It provides fertile ground for reflection because it speaks to the mystery of grace, of the talents and gifts that we receive from God in so many ways and also through prayer. At the same time, and equally important, we must take human cooperation into account in order to receive what we ask for and what God wants to give us. We may take up this theme again in another audio message sometime, but for now I didn't want to miss the opportunity of mentioning this, so I don't forget. But let's relate this to our daily listening to the Word of God. The Word is almost everything. Our ear and heart are almost nothing. The Word of God is almost everything. What I say as a priest is almost nothing. God puts in almost everything, and he does it every day. Now, if you and I don't put in our almost nothing, nothing will happen. If we priests do not preach each day, something that counts for almost nothing, if you don't listen every day and make an effort to understand, even if God puts in everything, nothing will happen in our hearts. When we record these audio messages with the word of each day, it's almost nothing. God puts in almost everything. The fact that you listen and click send is almost nothing. God does everything else. And so, this Saturday, together, we're going to put in our almost nothing. On the feast of the dedication of St. John Lateran's Basilica, we took the opportunity to say that the church is the new temple of God. God no longer lives only in buildings constructed by man. St. Paul asks, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you? You and I are the church. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, and that's why the church is holy. And that's why you and I have something holy inside us. Deep down we are sanctified by God's love. The church is the body of Jesus. Jesus has only one body, and that is why he is one. The church is for everyone. And that's why it's Catholic. The church was founded on the apostles, 
and is destined to be sent out into the world. Therefore, it is apostolic. On Tuesday, Jesus gave us a powerful message. If you are doing some service of love in the church or in some institution, and you are waiting to be thanked, you still haven't understood the gospel. If you want to start serving somewhere, keep this gospel in mind. We are simply servants, and by God's grace, what more do we need? If you love your wife, your husband, your children, and you expect them to thank you for all your generousness and free love, it is because you're still learning how to love. You are on a journey, as we all are. On Wednesday, in the reading of the gospel that showed Jesus healing ten leopards, I like to point out to you Jesus' question, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise except this foreigner? Where are all the people who are healed by Jesus, who have asked Jesus insistently for something, and then disappeared? We might also ask ourselves, What about us? Where are we who were once healed? Is our experience of faith similar to that of the Samaritan who returned to give thanks? I also proposed that we think about three characteristics of faith which can help us see if our faith is mature, complete, and if it is the faith that saves. Is our faith not only a faith that heals, but a faith which makes us rise up and live a life of salvation? The three characteristics we talked about were trust, gratitude, and setting out to follow Jesus' path. On Thursday, we said that not only must we wait and learn how to wait for the kingdom of God, but we must also learn how to look at today, the here and now. Only he who has been able to find the kingdom of God now, among us, will be able to perceive its arrival when the end of time comes. That is the person who is always attentive, the wise and prudent one who realizes that the kingdom is not over there or beyond, but right here among us. The kingdom of God is now. Even as we're making the effort to listen to the word of God, now, while you're traveling and are praying inwardly to see a better world, while you see someone in need and want to help him, while you're taking your children to school or college, while you're going to work and have the opportunity to start off your day with a smile, And yesterday, Friday, I proposed that you imagine what you would do if today were the day for the world to end. Or, to put it better, or in a more agreeable way, what if today were the moment of Jesus' arrival? Not a humble, hidden, or unobtrusive arrival, but what if today he were to come triumphantly in glory to reign eternally over the universe? What would you do? Let's say we're starting to see signs we begin to realize that everything is coming to an end. How would you react? What would you do? Would you run away? And if so, where would you go? What would you look for? What would you look for that you don't want to lose? This is an entire exercise in your personal way of thinking, and the purpose is to try and pinpoint our own vision of the end, about our life, and about the world. How does each of us visualize the end of our life and the end of the world? This is a challenge to reflect on our reactions when Jesus returns. When he comes, will we run around looking for things and people? Or will we fall to our knees, look up to the sky, and open our arms 
to allow ourselves to be embraced by Him, whom we love and await, secure in the knowledge that all those we love will also be embraced by Him. May we have a good day, and may the blessing of God, our merciful Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain forever.